Joe Biden just put some money in your pocket. Uh, today, I'm going to talk a little bit about Joe Biden uh, and the Congress and the uh, pretty much um, incompetent politicians we have. And they actually did something that some people think is pretty good. So I'm going to break it down for you. Buckle up your seatbelt, get comfortable. Or we're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. GMC. All right, guys. Uh, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. This is the BlackFinancialChannel.com. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day, under one condition. The condition is that we are B1. Uh, B1 means black first. Black first means that we put ourselves at the top of the priority list. Black first means that we solve our own problems before we uh, solve the problems of anybody else. Uh, black first means that we want our people to win. And uh, so if you agree with that philosophy and you believe that being black first is a good thing to be, uh, then type a hashtag B and the number one in the chat, hashtag B1. Uh, what's up, everybody? Also on Instagram, my Instagram is Real Boyce Watkins. And uh, I'm sitting here punching buttons because for some reason it's 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 uh, I can't see you all on the screen to see all your comments. But let me know if you can see me. Give me a yes in the chat if you can see me and you can hear me OK. Um, I'm, I'm Apparently, I'm not able to uh, manage my technology the way I want to. I don't know what the hell is going on here. But anyway, all right. So uh, how many of you are aware, give me a yes or no, if you're aware that the um, that Congress just passed this uh, this massive, massive infrastructure bill uh, uh, tonight, actually, tonight uh, on November 5th. Uh, they literally just put uh, finally got this thing through. And they've been talking about this infrastructure package for a while, uh, it's a pretty big deal. It's it's one of those things that uh, is a game changer economically. It adds to the massive amount of spending that the government's already doing. So you should be very concerned about that. Uh, but they got it done. And uh, with this infrastructure bill, uh, you're talking about uh, literally another trillion dollars going into the economy. And uh, I'm going to open up CNN and try to read some of this for you. Uh, hopefully they don't autoplay stupid videos like they did before where you're hearing all this background noise. Uh, but let me know if you can hear me okay. Uh, give me a yes if you can hear me. Also hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button uh, as well. All right. So it says here that uh, Congress passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure package Friday, approving a signature part of Joe Biden's economic agenda. It would deliver $550 billion in new federal investments in America's infrastructure over five years, touching everything from bridges and roads to the nation's... On this vote, the yeas are 220... They always do that! Why does CNN do that? I'm, I'm literally triggered right now. Forgive me, I am so triggered right now because every time I open CNN, they always autoplay a video and it pisses me off. Are y'all? Can y'all forgive me for getting a little bit triggered right now? I, I'm a little bit mad. Because you, you know how you have 10 tabs open and then one of the tabs is like... Bleh! Right. And and you can't do anything because you don't know which tab is making all the noise. So you got to shut it all off. So I just got triggered for me. I just had a I just had a moment because it, it, it does it every damn time. But I'm going to read a little bit more. So let's woosah, calm down. That's my wife. My wife, she's a therapist. When she sees me get pissed off, she grabs my hand. She goes, come here, boys. Come here, boys. Look at look me in the eye. She talks to me like I'm Rain Man. You remember that movie Rain Man? I'm like, OK, OK. And then she calls me down. And then I'm able to get back to it. All right. So let me get back to it. All right. <laughs> I'm just being silly. All right. So basically it says that experts say the money is sorely needed to ensure safe travel, as well as the efficient transport of goods and, and produce across the country. The nation's infrastructure system earned a C minus score 
from the American Society of Civil Engineers earlier this year. Democrats claim the bill pays for itself through a multitude of measures and without raising taxes. But the Congressional Budget Office brushed aside several of those pay-for provisions, ultimately finding that the bill would add $256 billion to the deficit over the next 10 years. It's significantly smaller than the $2.25 trillion proposal Biden unveiled in March, known as the American Jobs Plan. All right, so um, so here's the deal. You know, uh, one of the big problems that you have in your country is that they always, they just lie to you. They just love to lie to you. And and anybody that is running around saying, oh yeah, this package is going to be paid for by tax increases and we're going to go make Elon Musk pay half the bill and Jeff Bezos is going to pay the other half and we're going to tax the wealthy people and corporations. They don't do that. They don't do that. Uh, you know what they do? Um, they re- it reminds me of like the cousin <clears throat> who keeps borrowing money from you and uh, they get you to keep doubling down on them <clears throat> by swearing to you that if you just loan them money one more time, they're going to finally get that job that's going to let them pay you back, not just the money they owe you for that one time, but for the last, they're going to pay you back for all the last eight times that they borrowed money from you, but it never works. You know, you, lo- you loan Lil Pookie another you know, $500 because he's going to get a new suit and get that finally get that job down at the Ford plant that's going to let him pay back everything and he's going to finally get to that next level and he never does. Because Pookie's always going to be Pookie. Pookie's always, Pookie ain't changing. Stop it. Y'all got Pookies in your family and I bet you're investing in him and you believe that he's going to change. It ain't, he ain't changing. He he won't change unless he decides he's going to change. So why do I bring that up? Well, our government is definitely like that cousin Pookie. They all, they continuously come back to the American people and they say, let's raise the debt ceiling one more time, but we promise we'll increase taxes. We're going to pay it back. The deficit's going to go down and it never does. The debt just goes higher. Uh, there was a time when we used to freak out about ha- only having $10 trillion in debt. We hit $10 trillion. Everybody went crazy. That wasn't that long ago. Right now, the national debt is $28,945,099,990,000. Uh, and, and the number's moving so fast that it's literally going up about $1,000 a second. Not No, scratch that. Maybe about $3,000 a second. I'm looking. The, I can't even say the whole number. I'm looking at debtclock.usdebtclock.org. I can't even say the whole number because, in the amount of time that it's taken me to make this sentence and to tell you how high the debt is, the national debt has gone up a hundred thousand dollars in that amount of time. That's how crazy the numbers are, right? So this is just going to add to the debt level. Um, the deficits are going to continuously get out of control. Uh, all the, you know, the inflationary concerns are, are very real. Um, and, uh, and, and that's just what it is. Now, here's one thing that, uh, that you want to think about though. This is my two cents. I believe that the, uh, that, that in the next few weeks, you're going to see a boost in your stocks. Um, you know, you're going to see benefits that your where your stock prices are going to go up because corporations at the top of the pile always find a way to make the money. Now, this is not a Democrat statement. This is not a Republican statement. This is a black statement. So some people who are ignorant will say, you sound like a Republican or you sound like a Democrat. Fuck all that. Excuse my French. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I don't get into any of that stuff. That's for white people in my view. Um, I am black. That's it. And as a black man, what I'm saying to black people, period, is make sure you are positioned economically so that you can benefit as these changes occur. 
okay, that you are going to see money go into your pocket because you are properly positioned to benefit from this reality. This reality is that uh, as America spends more money, that money goes to the corporations. In order to get a piece of that money, you want to be invested in those companies. Right now, the stock market has hit an all-time high. Right. It's literally it went up another 250 points today or something like that. I don't know if it ended that high, but it hit as high as 300 points higher. And all the experts are saying the same thing that or similar things uh, that basically the um, the market is perfect right now. They literally all the economic headwinds are saying up, 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 up. It's a great market to be invested in. That's where the money's being made. Now, it, it in, in the in, you know, the reality of life is that you have a yin and a yang. So when money's being made over here, in many cases, that means money's being lost over here. When there's a big win over here, there's a big loss over here. So there's a big win for those of you who are getting past the BS and just consistently investing for your family. You're winning. Who's losing? Well, the people who are losing are the people who are not investing at all. The people who are losing are the ones who maybe for whatever reason, they don't listen to people like us, like, like, like me or you. And they're, you know, trying to get ahead in the the basic laborer sort of way. Like, I'm going to go to work, bring home my check. I don't want to learn how to invest. I just want to pay my bills or whatever. So at the same time, what's happening is that this inflation is very real. Inflation puts money into the pockets of the rich because it increases the prices of assets. House, housing prices go up. Stock prices go up. The cost of food and gas and stuff like that goes up. And you're, but the only thing that doesn't go up is your wage. Your wage stays flat because labor unions don't have the power that they used to have. Now, this economy is shifting a little bit in the sense, and you saw that the jobs report was pretty good today. That boosted the stocks a little bit. Uh, but this, but, but you know, it's, so, so you are seeing a little bit of power in the hands of laborers that you haven't seen for a long time because of the, uh, the pandemic and the supply chain issues have sort of created this awkward environment where companies are having a hard time getting workers. That is a good thing. I want laborers to win. I want workers to win. I support workers' rights. Um, and so right now what you're having in the midst of the great resignation is that it's not as if everybody's quitting corporate America forever. What a lot of people are doing is they're simply hopping from one job to the next one, right? So they're leaving, you know, they, they say, I don't want to work at Burger King because Wendy's is paying me 30% more than what you're paying me. And I think that's all a good thing. But if you want to know who's really winning, who's at the top of the food chain, it's investors. So keep investing. Now, some of you may have asked, like, what specific stocks are going to benefit from the infrastructure bill? Um, some might say a company like um, like Caterpillar, right? Caterpillar does this industrial stuff and they're going to, you know, end up, you know, investing in, in these areas or they're going to be doing work in these areas that are going to receive some of that money. But honestly, I, I, I can't think of any right offhand. But I, what I will do is those of you who are in the Black Stock Market Club that where we meet every Tuesday. And I apologize. I couldn't meet you guys this week because we have the all black national convention. But I did meet a lot of you at the convention. Uh, and so we had to skip a week or two. But I, well, actually two weeks. Um, and uh, but this but next week we'll start again. And if you log in at the blackstockmarketprogram.com, T-H-E, the blackstockmarketprogram.com, you can find a list of stocks that I put together that uh, that I like for this week. Now, these are not just necessarily stocks connected to the um, infrastructure bill. Uh, I was thinking more earlier about things like the metaverse, right? So I threw in some stocks that link to the metaverse. 
Um, I, bought, I bought into some cryptos. Uh, one of them was Engine Coin, which was actually recommended to me at the convention. Which, by the way, if you didn't go to the convention, just ask anybody who was there. They, they're going to and let them give you an honest assessment. It's truly worth the trip. I, I promise you, it's so worth the trip. Um, but uh, but I, I bought the Engine Coin and it kind of took off. And there was some other stuff. So there's some other cryptos I looked into. And uh, and now with this infrastructure thing, I'll put together another list of stocks. And if you log in at the blackstockmarketprogram.com, I will uh, have the list available for you. But then also we can talk about that on Tuesday and you can ask me questions and I'll answer every single question of every single student in the class. Now, uh, Erica says, Dr. Watkins, can you please talk more about real estate? Yes, uh, not today. But basically, uh, I am actually working with uh, there are a couple of three real estate people that I talk to. Um, that I want to talk more to over time. Uh, one is um, Julian Gordon. Julian Gordon's our dean of real estate in the Black Business School. He's extremely good. He's actually working with some people to buy a big chunk of real estate in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They're actually gentrifying a neighborhood, but they're doing Black gentrification where Black people actually own the property. I actually have that on this shirt. Let me show you. Let me see. Am I wearing my Black gentrification shirt? Here we go. So my Black gentrification shirt basically says, that we can pull our money by the whole damn block and make it into whatever we want. So when you talk about gentrification, it's not just something that white people do to black people. Gentrification can be something, and it doesn't have to be something where anybody's doing anything to anybody. It's not, there, there doesn't have to be a victim in gentrification. But if you talk about simply going into a community and buying the asset and then elevating the asset, there's nothing unethical about that, right? Um, it's a matter of simply making sure you're prepared. And thinking in terms of ownership, the reason gentrification has harmed black people so badly is because we we didn't really have an ownership culture. Right. So we would live on this land and, you know, claim these blocks and die, you know, kill each other over because you, know, you live on this block and I live on that block. But nobody's thinking like who actually owns the damn block. So if you don't own the block then the landlord owns the block and when the landlord owns the block, he can sell the block to somebody else. So Julian Gordon is actually buying a big chunk of uh, real estate in Baton, Baton Rouge. Uh, some other people, Stephanie DeBerry is a really great uh, real estate agent. We have a lot of real estate people in the black business. We have tons. Herb Strathers up in Detroit. He's actually, he's actually, I heard, I, I read somewhere, I think he's one of the richest men in Detroit. I didn't know that, but he's done about $2 billion worth of real estate deals. We have a hotel investing mastermind group that's literally going through the country buying black owned hotels. They've done $4 billion worth of, um, of hotel uh, investment deals. Uh, there, another one is um, uh, a brother uh, out of Houston. Oh my goodness. I, I should have his name. I forgot his name though, but he's doing a great project in Houston. That's like, I, I want to say it's, it looks like a hundred million dollar deal in Houston. Um, Oh, God, I can't remember his name. I should remember his name because he's, he's important. Um, and then uh, and then there's Jay Morrison uh, in the Tulsa Fund. Well, I told you guys, we have an office now. In the, the Black Business School is an office in the Black House. So Dr. Alicia, she set up her coaching business down in Atlanta. And we're going to do a lot of stuff in Atlanta, like make movies and stuff like that. So we actually have an office in the Black House. Um, and, um, and so there are a lot of great people we work with that I really respect and real estate's a great, um, area to look into. So do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Um, and also, um, in terms of, uh, some of the stuff going on with real estate, we have a big announcement coming up pretty soon. I'll tell you guys about it in a couple of days. Uh, the stock market class meets Tuesdays at 11 AM Eastern. And also the recordings are all available. So if you can't make the live class, the recordings are there. And also you can leave me questions. And if you say, hey, boys, what do you think about this stock or what do you think about this thing? And if I don't if I'm not an ex, if I don't know a lot about it, I can literally research it and give you my two cents and break it down in terms of what I'm seeing. All right. So uh, let me read a little bit more about this infrastructure bill. 
Um, on CNN, they say the Democrats claim the bill pays for itself through a multitude of measures without raising taxes. That's BS. That's never true. Um, let's see here. Here's what's in the bill. Uh, there's funding for roads and bridges, about $110 billion for roads, bridges, and major infrastructure projects. That's a big deal because America's infrastructure is absolute garbage. You don't live in the greatest country in the world. Your country's falling apart for just for just so many reasons. Um, you're not educating your kids. Uh, you're not taking care of 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 the, the infrastructure itself. Um, you know, just uh, it's so many things. I could just go down the list in terms of why America is going to struggle. Uh, where is the stock market class? If you go to the blackstockmarketprogram.com, T-H-E, don't get the T-H-E, the blackstockmarketprogram.com. All right. So let's see here. Uh, what else is in here? Forty billion dollars. Let's see for bridge repair, replacement and rehabilitation. Uh, the deal contains $16 billion for major projects that will be too large or complex for traditional funding programs, according to the White House. Some 20% or 173,000 miles of the nation's highways and major roads are in poor condition, as are 45,000 bridges, according to the White House. Um, the investment would focus on climate change mitigation, resilience, equity, and safety for all users, including cyclists and pedestrians. Also in the package is $11 billion for transportation safety, including a program to help states and localities reduce crashes and fatalities. Okay, interesting. It contains a billion dollars to reconnect communities, mainly disproportionately black neighborhoods that were divided by highways and other infrastructure, according to the White House. Uh, That's a big that's interesting, because uh, in case you don't know, when they started building all of the um, all the, the, the freeways, they ran a lot of the freeways right through black neighborhoods. So there were a lot of black communities that were doing extremely well. Uh, You know, they were very prosperous that were ruined. Because they literally, they, because white people would say, we don't want that freeway coming through our neighborhood. But so they would be like, okay, let's run it through the black neighborhood. And they've done a lot of this stuff. Like um, if you look, for example, right now at Howard University, where they have the whole, you know, mold issue. The students are living in moldy dorms and and then they're sleeping in front of the administration building. Nobody's paying attention. The president's acting like it's not happening. Uh, in fact, I think he blamed the students because they had to fire some of the staff that were working in the cafeteria, uh, which I thought was atrocious. And then um, remember, they got all these famous faculty. The Ta-Nehisi Coates is there. Felicia Rashad is there. Nicole Hannah-Jones is there. She's always tweeting about all kinds of Democratic Party stuff, but doesn't, from my, what I understand, I haven't seen any tweets from Nicole Hannah-Jones about anything happening at Howard's campus. So there's sort of this veil of silence that they're forcing over the faculty. I don't know if they're just scared or 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 what, um, but it's very peculiar because the people are speaking, right? And, and at Howard, you have, um, you know, a lot of alumni out here that are saying, yeah, when I went to Howard in the 80s, it was just like that. Or when I was there in 1997, it was like that, right? So it's not like you can pretend like it's not a real thing. So uh, long story short, um, you know, there's a lot of environmental racism that has occurred that affects black people in ways that we don't even know. Like, the, you know, for example, if there's a toxic waste dump or some factory that's spitting out unhealthy fumes, they'll put it in the black neighborhood because they're like, well, the black people don't care. You know, they they just want to have a you know, they just want to have a, a place to live. So, that, you know, we'll, we'll put the, the factory that's spewing out, you know, th- this cancer producing toxic waste. We're going to put it right in the black neighborhood. All the electrical wires that, you know, will, will cause the kids to die from brain tumors later on. We'll just put it right in the black neighborhoods. Right. So if you look in black neighborhoods, you'll find that a lot of the garbage that, that white people would not tolerate. They do that to black people because 
a lot of times people just don't know, right? Um, same thing. If you look at the types of things that they promote in Black communities, uh, every study shows that they are more likely to promote unhealthy food, uh, promote cigarettes, you know, anything that kills people. That, that, that's profitable and addictive, they're going to promote it more disproportionately to black people than to anybody else. Uh, and so that's why uh, I encourage you to be real careful because uh, what's really fascinating to me is how they build the economy around creating the problem and then solving the problem they created. So I'm going to make money selling you Popeye's chicken. So you're going to eat a whole bunch of Popeye's chicken and your body will be full of grease and fat and you're going to be overweight and, and, and dying of a heart attack. Then I'm going to sell you uh, pills, and I'm going to tell you to go get my jab. I'm, maybe, you know, to protect yourself from a virus that's going to kill you because you're fat. Uh, or you know, or or I'm going to basically sell you medication through big pharma that's going to fix the problem, right? Instead of actually doing the thing that I would do if I actually cared about you. If I care about you, I'm not going to create the problem and then solve it. If I care about you, I'm going to pre- help you prevent the problem in the first place. That's the difference between, say, someone like Queen Afua who was at the All Black National Convention, who was extraordinary, versus like a Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, it, it, you know, doesn't care, you know, like what you were eating before or how you got to be unhealthy and how your immune system got to be so weak. He only cares about making sure that Big Pharma is selling you, uh, you know, the solution, right? And, uh, and in terms of that, speaking of that, just talking about economics, um, I do believe that this pandemic is going to start to die down soon. Just from what I'm seeing in the streets, you know, and, and I, we were down in Florida, we had the convention, a couple of people had masks and we had masks available, hand sanitizer, all that. But it was like an afterthought, like everybody was there acting normal, hugging, shaking hands, you know, and I, I kept the sanitizer on my hands because I shook so many hands. I didn't want to pass anything in case I did catch something. So we are careful. We're not extremists in that regard. But we, you know, but, but here's what I'm, I'm I, I, I argue. I believe that because we dove headfirst into the pandemic. And they didn't know what the hell was going on. They just threw all their resources at, you know, like, okay, we got to get this jab, like figure out how we can, I can't say the V word, but we got to figure out a way to solve this problem once and for all. So Big Pharma jumps in, Moderna, all these companies start making all this money, pushing the jab. And and of course, uh, a reflection of the fact of, of the fact that they knew so little is the fact that the story kept changing, right? Because if you remember a year ago, they said, if everybody gets a shot, they're going to be safe. It won't get passed. You're going to be okay. We're going to be fine. Then they were like, oh, actually, you can still catch it and you can still pass it. And you're not as safe as you were before. So the innovation is occurring where they're also realizing that there's some people who are just saying, I'm not going to do it no matter what. I don't care. Right. You know, fine. If there's a, you know, a point two percent chance that I'm going to die, then I'll take that point two percent chance because I got a ninety nine point eight percent chance of living. That is logical. There's nothing wrong with you if you come to that conclusion, right? You can come to that conclusion without having to be an anti-vaxxer or pretending like this stuff isn't real. We know that it's real. It's just, I don't think I'm going to get it. Or if I do get it, I think I'm going to be fine. I have 20 friends that got it. And they're like, I'm like, man, you got it? Whoa. And they're like, yeah, I had to quarantine. So what happened? Oh, I lost my sense of smell for about two days and I coughed a lot. And now I'm now I'm better. That's not I'm not, that's not, so for some people, that's not worth going and putting a foreign substance in your body. It's just, you know, it's like getting insurance against, I don't know, it's like buying extra insurance in case uh, you get struck by lightning. You can be struck by lightning, but that doesn't mean you need to buy, to spend money to insure yourself against a lightning strike. You could just say, you know what, I'll just take my chances. So anyway, here's what's happening now. Now, a Pfizer, as you, as you know, and this is a big stock price move, 
Pfizer just came out with it, that new pill that I actually like this because what this new pill does is it says, look, if you get it, come to the hospital. We got a new pill for you. We're going to make our bread by giving this pill to the doctors to help you overcome this virus if you catch it. I looked at the clinical study. See, I do something that a lot of people don't do. I look at the data. I look at the numbers. That's what my wife and I do. We're both professors. We're both researchers. So we want to look at the numbers. So in the study, they had 775 people in the study, something like that. Half of them got the pill. Um, all of them had the virus, by the way. All of them had the virus. I'm not going to say the C word, but it, because it gets banned on YouTube. So all of them had the virus. Um, half of them got the pill. Half of them didn't get the pill, right? So pay attention now. This is interesting. In the group that got the pill, once they caught the virus, um, I think they said 1% of them went to the hospital. None of them died, right? Okay. In the other group that did not get anything, they got a placebo, right? Placebo is fake medicine, right? They didn't give them anything. No protection. Um, I think maybe like 15% or something went to the hospital. It was some, you know, number, it's 10%, 15%, something like that. And and seven died. Right. So I said, OK, so worst case scenario, even if you had no medication, what you're saying to me is that out of the three hundred and forty or so who did who got nothing, seven of them died. Well, that's if you take three, if you take three hundred seven and you divide it by three hundred and forty, that is uh, I want to say, is that two percent? I think that's two percent. Right. So so that would mean that one out of every 50 people who catch the virus will die. So uh, one out of 50, it's it's a number. Right. But it's not a dramatically frightening number. One out of 50 is not the same as one out of three. Right. Or one out of seven. Right. You know, even if it was one out of 15 you would know that you're probably going to be okay. But there is that one person out of 15 who's going to be unlucky that day. But you have to be really unlucky to, to be that one out of 15. One out of 50 is a pretty big number. And the other thing is that that, that person that that is selected is probably old and they're probably already got, they probably already got some conditions in their body. So if you take out the unhealthy people and you take out everybody over the age of say 65 or 70, you probably have something more like one out of 100 or one out of 150. Uh, that is not enough to cause alarm. So what you're seeing right now, and this is important, I want to dig, I'm making a point here on this, that you're going to see the, the country moving out of this pandemic. People are already moving past it. People are already acting normal. Um, you know, I know I talked to my wife. I said, yeah, this year, let's do Christmas normal. We're going, we going to the mall. We're going to go Christmas shopping. We're going to go see a movie in the movie theater. Uh, people have been afraid of movie theaters. I think all this is going to move the economic system forward. I believe that this is going to um, a lot of these so-called recovery stocks, namely uh, airlines and cruise ships, have a lot of upside left in them. Because that's going to Christmas, I believe, is when all that demand is going to be pushed out. I've even seen little signs that even the big the big corporations are kind of letting go of this whole idea that this virus is going to kill everybody. They're just looking for an excuse to do what deep down they already know they want to do. They just can't say it. They're scared to be the first ones to say it. But Apple, if you saw Apple just announced, if you come into our store, you ain't got to wear a mask no more. 
right? Before Apple, because they're more liberal, they were like, oh, we got to all wear the mask and blah, blah, blah. Now they're like, man, fuck that mask. That mask doesn't do anything, right? And, and, and I'm hoping maybe at some point Los Angeles will start to become a normal place that you can actually travel without having to get the jab. I think that the, the, that the, the emergence of this pill, what it, it, it's kind of done is it's given like another outlet to say, look, if you get it, it's not a death sentence. It probably won't kill you. And if it gets bad, you can go get this pill. This pill is very effective. The results were extremely, uh, extremely good. And, uh, and, I re- and, and, and I remember when we were planning the convention, um, I felt that way from the beginning. You know, I said, I'm not going to do this convention in New York. We were actually going to have the All Black National Convention at Medgar Evers College in New York City in Brooklyn because I love Brooklyn. We have a lot of great supporters in Brooklyn. Um, and I said, I'm not going to Brooklyn because because I, I don't want them to I don't want their fear to cause us to end up losing a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, because they just somehow are afraid of something that isn't worth being afraid of. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have concern, but you got to move forward. Right. And I mean, and, you know, and I think that's OK to do that. If that's what you've decided to do, I, there's nothing crazy about what you're doing. I support you. All right. So anyway, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up. Share, subscribe button. Um, one of the other things about the infrastructure bills is going to provide $39 billion to modernize public transit, according to the bill text. Uh, that's less than the $85 billion Biden initially wanted to invest in modernizing transit systems and would help them expand to meet rider demand. One of the problems with the United States that makes um, America just such an embarrassment, honestly, relative to the rest of the world, is that everybody else, if you go all around the globe, you'll find that. A lot of people have really good bullet trains in place, and we don't have bullet trains or anything. We have those crappy Amtraks. If you saw last, like, well, last month, an Amtrak like went off the tracks and like flipped over and killed people and whatever, right? Amtrak is, is complete garbage. Um, you know, you go to China, they got the best damn bullet trains ever. Europe, beautiful bullet trains. Japan, you know, the United States, we can't do that because we have, I guess, complex property rights and all these other issues that come up that make it difficult. To set up a good railway system, so uh, so that'll be interesting. Now, I know Dr. Claude Anderson really wanted to actually uh, make a proposal on a railway system that Black people uh, would actually get to run. I, I feel like that was a long shot because I don't think the Biden administration has any respect for Black people at all. They haven't talked to Black people really that much since the election. Honestly, all the people they were talking to when they were trying to get elected. They stopped speaking to them because they were like, okay, now we got what we need. We don't need you anymore. You know, just like a frat boy that shows up at a girl's house and he gets what he wants and then he doesn't call her anymore. But if you're stupid enough to keep on playing that game, then they're going to continue to use you in that way. Um, And I've just made it clear you're not going to use me. You know, you got to pay me in advance. And so uh, I will never, ever vote Democrat again. I'm not voting Republican either. I don't have any reason to be a Republican. Like Republican, it's not like I'm jumping to another party. I'm just not jumping in at all. I just I just don't. It's Why? Why? Explain to me why, other than the fact that everybody else is doing it. I don't do things just because other people are doing it. That, to me, is the definition of extreme retardation. You literally have to be incredibly stupid to just do something just because other people are doing it and have no logical reason whatsoever that, I mean, that, that, if uh, you know, when I see that kind of behavior, it says, Oh, I get it. Now I know why a big chunk of your community is lost and, and failing and going to struggle for the rest of their lives because they literally have the brains of chicken heads. Like they, they're not, they're not processing information. They're not reading the signals. They, they, they the self-respect is at an all time low. 
Um, I'm speaking to the people who are not in that space, right? So, uh, so no, I, I don't need to be convinced to not support the Democrats. I was convinced of that many years ago, right? So it may take time for other people. I'm not judging you, but it, and I didn't mean to call you retarded. I'm sorry, that was kind of mean, but it just I don't understand it. I admit I don't understand it. And by the way, some of you are asking where you can actually watch the All Black National Convention. Um, actually, we're doing the convention again digitally we're bringing back every single panel and all the speakers and everything else and uh, also there's uh content that you can watch from the previous conventions if you go to allblackdigital.com allblackdigital.com that's where we're going to kind of keep the party going in terms of continuing what we started at the convention even the speed dating i think alicia wants to do digital speed dating she's just trying to figure out the right way to set it up maybe zoom meetings or something uh but but she's she has so much fun with the speed dating component that uh, she would like to do that. And I think what allows her to do it a little differently is she's going to bring in relationship therapists so that you can meet, greet, and treat people in the right way, right? So you meet the right person, you know how to discern, you know how to greet them in the right way, present yourself uh, as your best self, and then also treat them the right way so that you can actually create something relevant and meaningful. We're not here to you know, we're not here to be like a Tinder app where you're just showing up and getting some ass. We're not. That's not what we're... Get, get all that, that's fine. But, you know, we're really talking about bringing people together so that when you are uh, in love with another human being, you're in love with somebody that can actually elevate your condition, not somebody that's going to distract you from your purpose by bringing a bunch of BS into your space. So the same way royalty only dates royalty, well, B1 people to me are like royalty. Uh, if you are royal, you can't be dating people who are not royal like you because they're, they're operating just on a completely different frequency. And so that's why we're doing speed dating and uh, it works so well at the convention. We're just going to keep going and it's going to be fun. All right. So anyway, uh, that's it, guys. I'm going to get out of here. I hope you guys have a wonderful night. It was great to, to talk to you. And uh, I will be around uh, later on the weekend. And also, of course, next week, we're going to actually have uh, stock market class again. Uh, is it too late to sign up for ABC 2022? Yeah, we the tickets were on sale for three days in a row. Uh, we, we're, 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 we, so after the last convention, we went ahead and did a super early bird for next year. And uh, we let you buy tickets for next year if you wanted to get them. We had to shut that down because we couldn't leave it open forever. We left it open for an extra day. Um, I'll let you know when they go back on sale. Uh, and, and based on what I saw in terms of that initial reaction, we sold out this year. We're going to have a bigger venue next year, but we're going to sell that venue out. I can already tell. We already sold 200 tickets or something or 150 to 200 tickets, uh, which I don't think we've ever sold that many a year before the convention because we haven't picked the city. We haven't picked the dates or anything, but it's going to be either Dallas, Detroit, or Orlando. Sorry, Dallas, Detroit, or Charlotte, not Orlando, Dallas, Detroit, or Charlotte. Um, and if I don't pick Dallas, Detroit, or Charlotte, I'm going to do something in all three of those cities at some point. So if you live in Detroit, we will be in the D at some point. Herb Strather is there. He's a one of the faculty in the Black Business School. He's an awesome guy. We're going to do some stuff with him. And another brother, uh, Ken, Kenneth Harris, Dr. Kenneth Harris, who runs the um, the Black Business, I want to say the Black Business Coalition or Black Business Association or something like that, which you should look this guy up. He's super smart. And then down in Dallas, uh, another great friend that I have down there is uh, Tim Jackson, who's like, I, he, I think he's like the zoning commissioner or something. He does something in real estate that's really impressive. And so he, he invited us to come to Dallas. So I will take him up on that invitation. Charlotte, uh, we just like Charlotte because Charlotte's like the new Atlanta kind of like we just think charlotte's really dope so uh anyway we will let you guys know where we're going to be and what the dates will be as soon as we can also the other thing i want to implement is an affiliate scenario where 
Um, if you want to sell tickets to your friends uh, and get a percentage of that, we could, we want to set up a system to let you do that. So it's because we want to encourage you to make the convention, in, if, if you feel compelled, uh, to make it into like a family reunion for yourself. You know, just get together with your cousins and stuff, and they can all kind of come to the convention and stuff like that. So the um, the what's the website to join about learning? Well, if you want to learn about the convention, you can go to allblackdigital.com. That's where all the convention stuff will be. That's where the recordings will be and everything else. And uh, also, if you're on Instagram, you can just click on the link in my bio. My Instagram is the Real Voice Watkins, and there's a bunch of stuff in the bio. So I'm going to get out of here, guys. I hope you guys have a good day, and God bless you, and I will see you all very, very soon. So take care. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.